Hello, and thank you for listening to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast of Vineyard Church right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can check out our website for more information about our church or find our audio archive with all of our previous messages at www.vineyardchurch.us. You can also subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message. Our scripture reading today is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. So let me read it for you. It says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Um, We want to thank you for our gathering this morning. Father, we want to thank you for being with us in worship. Um, Father, as we pass the peace and just as we gather together as the church this morning. And so, Father, we ask that you would come and have your way. Father, we ask today that you would speak to our hearts, that you would enlighten our hearts. Father, we pray that today you would give us your heart for Springbrook, for our neighbors and our community and the places where we live, work, learn, and play. And Father, I just pray this morning that you help us to be attentive to what you're speaking to us and what you're doing in us. And we love you. Amen. All right, guys, if you've been with us over the past three weeks, we have been talking about the values that we have here at Um, the vineyard, these core values that we share. And what we said last week is these values aren't only distinctive to us, and also these aren't the only thing we value at all. You may look at these lists of values and be like, well, where's Jesus, or where's prayer, or where's scripture? No, we value all those things. Um, But for this next season in the life of our church, there's five distinctive values which are going to be really, really important to us. And as we talked last week, we talked about the kingdom of God. We said the kingdom of God means the rule and the reign of God. And when we see the poor cared for, people released from the bonds of the enemy, justice come to unjust situations, the sick healed, and so on, that's a sign that God's promise is true, that the kingdom of God is here. Then we also saw that God's original intent is to rule and reign through his beloved creation. The image of God is something that humans are and something that humans do. Humans embody and image God's rule and reign in the world, and that is God's chosen way to extend his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. 
through the likes of you and me. We talked about how that message that Lindsay preached for two weeks in in a row, joining God in the renewal of all things, is so important to us. It's a big vision, but it's really vague. You don't know where to put your feet down and get started in it. But the reason why it's so important for us, as I told you, we wanted a vision that goes beyond us as pastors, right? We wanted a vision that goes to you guys, that you guys have say into, that you guys speak into, not just pastors saying, hey, Follow us where we are going. We want to look at you and say, where is the Lord leading you so we can go with you too? And so that allows the whole church to have vision into what God is doing in Springbrook. And we didn't only want a vision so big that it was for the pastors or the church. We wanted a big so big for our community that it fit their story in it too. The places where we live, work, learn, and play. The people that don't know Jesus, but the people that are partnering with the heart of Jesus and seeing the community restored. We want a vision that we are able to come into with all people. And that's why that vision is so important to us. And today we're going to talk about the second value, which is missing. And I'm going to be a bit more visionary and practical today because I want to explain about how we go about uh, missing here at Vineyard Springbrook, that is exclusive to us. Um, but also, I want you to be able to find your place in it. I want you to be able to say, hey, this is how I get involved here. Hey, this is how I carry um, the kingdom into the community. And so um, we're going to jump into the scripture that Josh read real quick. And let me tell you, I'm a dork over this scripture. This is my favorite scripture when talking about missing or talking about the church because um, it blew my mind what Paul was saying here. And we see in verses 23 through 23, it says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things who feels everything in every way. What, what, what we see Paul say in these two verses is the way that he saw a church and missing. The church was not a building you go to. It's a people. It's an identity. It is the body of Christ's hands and feet. Those who, like we said last week, are God's main way in which he extends his rule and reign on earth. We have a running joke on our staff in which, in which we say we stole completely from Josh Armstrong back there who read our scripture, our missions pastor, um, that, um, that um, we don't go to church because you can't go to something that you are. You are the church. You can't go to church. Wherever you show up, the church shows up. But what we do, we go to a gathering every week, a gathering of the church, the gathering of the body of Christ. Um, um, and, and, and so we see Paul says the church is a movement. It's not this building. Um, and Paul understood that it was God's heart not to see a big gathering of his people into a building and call it a success. That wasn't Paul's intention. It's God's heart to see a movement of the church taking the kingdom beyond the four walls of the building into every part of our city and our neighborhoods. That's God's heart. That's God's intention. That's God's mission to the places where the church scattered lives, works, learns, and plays, right? The church is scattered. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's the mission of the church. Here is one thing that we are aware of here at Vineyard Springbrook. Gathered environments grow a church, but they don't change a city or a neighborhood. Are you guys with me on that? Gathered environments grow a church, 
but they don't necessarily change a city or a neighborhood. If that was the case with as many churches as we have in Blunt County, man, Blunt County would just be renewed because we're gathering every Sunday in large portions all across this county. But gatherings don't necessarily change where we live, work, learn, and play. It doesn't bring the hope of the kingdom because this is just one small pocket, right? And God forbid we grow a church in a way that has a large gathering but has no impact on the community around us because that's our call, to have impact on every square inch of a neighborhood in which we show up at. Listen, gathering as a church is biblical and beautiful. It's something we should do, but the mission is to take the kingdom to the streets. We believe Jesus will build the church that he wants here, but it is our mission to learn how to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom in our everyday life among people and watch them come alive. And we see this all throughout Jesus and his apostles' life. I'm going to read some scripture, um, and what scripture really gets the point across here, we're going to start in Matthew 4, verses 23 through 25. It says, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness, now listen to this, among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And so we see Jesus embracing hurting humanity, not in the temple, but among the people. In Matthew 15, uh, verses 30 through 33, it says, They came, tons of them. And what you'll know by the word, this is the message, and we particularly love the message around here because Eugene can get a tad bit feisty in the message, and he makes it fun. He says, bringing along the paraplegic, the blind, the maimed, the mute, and all sorts of people in need, and more or less threw them down at Jesus' feet to see what he would do with them. He healed them. When the people saw the mute speaking, the maimed healthy, the paraplegics walking around, and the blind looking around, they were astonished and let everyone know, listen to this, that God was blazingly alive among them. So we see that again, among the people. And that's not just Jesus, that's actually the church. In Acts 5, verses 12 through 16, it says, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so at least Peter's shadow might fall on them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. What we see is that the church and Jesus went out among the people. They filled all things in every way with the fullness of Christ, as Paul was talking about. The church Jesus builds is not an institution. His church is a movement. It's a movement of sent people who bring life to everything in every way. We see their numbers grew, but it came about when they took the kingdom beyond the gathering of the people in their everyday, ordinary lives. Community and gathering was not their mission. Taking the kingdom to the places where they live, work, learn, and play was their mission. 
And as a result, gathering and community organically happened among them. Around here, um, we don't want to start with community because if you start with community, you rarely get to the act of taking the kingdom to the streets. But if you take the kingdom to the streets, if you surround yourself around missing, community just organically happens. And that's what we see in the life of Jesus and the apostles. And that's why missing is a value for us. But real quick, I want to talk about that word missing. Because I may have said that word and you were like, I hate that word. Um, And that is totally fine. Um, Because um, it's a word that the church is fighting against right now in some respects, especially church people. Because when we hear the word missing, what we hear is that people are projects. Or just another number to add to our list. That missing resonates in the heart of those within the church and without the church as that, oh, we are their projects. Um, Or just another number. And what we see in the life of Jesus is before he healed many people in the Gospels, it says he was moved with compassion. Before Jesus went and flipped over the tables in the temple, he was there the night before looking over the city and the temple, crying, weeping over the city and the temple. And a lot of times, the church has tried to live in the missing without the heart of Jesus for people. And when we do that, we use and we abuse people. And that's an issue. When we completely miss the heart of Jesus, the heart that he has for hurting humanity, those who are far away from him, if we don't have that, people are just projects to be used and abused for our own agenda. And to borrow some rhetoric from Paul, if you enter into missing and have not love, it means nothing. And that's important to understand because in a postmodern society, which we're ever increasingly living in today, most people who don't believe in Jesus believe they have understood the message of Jesus and have rejected it. Um, We are ever decreasingly living in a Christendom society in which people are looking for the church for answers because largely they've seen the church. And if you look at surveys of it, um, there's three ways that people see the church. But the number one way is judgmental, Um, very judgmental towards them. It's not that they're not open to the message of Jesus. They're just not open to the body of Jesus. Because this is what they've experienced. And so because they've experienced that, they thought, oh, I understand the message of Jesus. And sometimes we don't fully image that rule and reign of God in our lives, which is love for people. And what people who don't believe Jesus need, guys, is not another apologetic on why they are wrong and don't understand. But an apologetic that shows Christ's love and compassion for hurting humanity. They need to be able to sit in a group at the gym or in the workplace and feel seen and loved. Not for anything, but because they are made in God's image. And anyone made in his image is worthy, loved, and accepted. No matter what you think of them. Jesus loves them. And so disciples don't take their community for God. They don't get strong, puff up, and go out on missing. They show up and say, how, how can we wash your feet? They show up and say, how can we wash the feet of our city and our community? They show up and serve. They don't show up and control. The kingdom of God is not control. It's releasing control to being able to serve. And that's that's what we want around here. And so how does all this flesh out here at Vineyard Springbrook? Um, 
We tend to believe the church gathered on mission is more impactful, impactful than the church gathered on mission. And so what does that mean? Um, a large organized missional events are good, but they feel just one little small specific need at a time, right? They're not far-reaching. Um, the church gathered on mission, though, can bring life to a whole neighborhood or a city. The church, when they leave here and go back to the restaurant or they go to the grocery store or the market, is carrying the fullness of Jesus in all things in every way. And when we wake up to that calling, that calling that is, honestly, I'm going to be honest, it's less attractive, it's less exciting that, oh, your guy's focus is for us to live every day with gospel intentionality. That's not as fun as, you know, a large event surrounding one thing but it's more impactful. And in the church, we have to start using ordinary language because um, we tend to think we need to use this big, big language that just says purpose and all these great things when Jesus just went around and sat at tables. He rooted the kingdom in the neighborhood. It wasn't anything big or visionary. It was like, I'm just going to go sit at a table with people and eat some food. And, and that's what Paul is saying the mission of the church is to be. That's how the mission of the church fills all things in every way. And so how are we doing that? Um, and, one, and one of the ways, and this isn't the only way, believe me, I could talk about this for an hour, but I'm not going to do that. Just for your guys' sake, I know I've been given a lot of information today. Um, but um, one of the ways we do that is through core groups. And listen to me on that. If you have been to a core, core group, you're probably... Um, familiar with a DBS, which is a Discovery Bible Study, which we have been doing. The reason for this is twofold, and the reason why we put this in the life of our church. The first is we want to discover Jesus according to the Scripture, not what the latest author has to say, right? Here's the deal. I love reading authors. I love listening to preaching. But when I open the Bible and I just kind of, with a group of people, discuss who Jesus is and who he might be, it's coming from Scripture, and at that point, it becomes revealed truth faster to my heart. It's not truth settled in what one guy says. It's truth settled in what God says, right? And so that's one of the core reasons. We want to wake up to who Jesus is from the Scripture. The second reason is, is we, want to, we want to practice easy and replicatable things in which we can take into the workplace, which we can take into our everyday lives. If you've been in a core group, you've probably been asked to lead the DBS by now. The leader has handed it off. And the purpose of that is so we all, all learn to do this. So as we're taking the gospel to the places we live, work, learn, and play, we're loving people, and people are coming alive to Jesus, we ourselves can just say, hey, we have this tool. Would you want to walk with me in it? Because here's the truth. 70% of people who are interested in Jesus who are open to the gospel of Jesus, won't come to the organized gathering, which is mind-blowing, right? About 30% of people who are open to Jesus will. The 70% won't. So they get the 70%. We have to be sent people. We have to be people who are learning easy things that we can use in our everyday life to see people come to know Jesus. Um, people that you build relationships with probably won't want to meet with your pastor, they probably just want to meet with you because you've been loving them. You have been putting in the work. And I just have a beautiful vision of us leaning into this, and instead of the pastors baptizing people, you're doing it in your core group. 
dunking people and bringing them to new life because you've walked with them. Like that's just a beautiful movement of the gospel. Um, And so Discovery Bible Studies is something we're leaning into for that. The second thing, and what I'm a dork about, I love acronyms, so welcome to my world. This is probably boring and not exciting to you at all, but let me tell you, it's exciting to me. And that's bless, and that's what we call the bless rhythms, which we haven't exactly fully released, but we're about to. If you see on your seat, there may be a little card around you. If you don't have one, don't fear. There's more back there, and they're nice and laminated and shiny, and they won't bend and break like, like some of them up front will. Um, but um, these are things we want to lean into. And so the first thing is begin in prayer. And guys, how that works or how that works for me is I pick five people and places that I live, 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 work, learn, and play, and I just take five lists of people who I think Jesus may want to meet, that Jesus may want to see new life come to, and I begin praying for those people um, before I enter those spaces. One of the big places I do that is at the CrossFit gym. I have people, and I pray for them before I go every single day. And the second thing we do is listen and engage. Um, Here's the deal. People don't want to hear what you typically have to say about things um, unless you show care and concern. And one of the biggest ways that we show curiosity for people is that we listen and we engage them. Um, one of the ways I did this is one day at the CrossFit gym, there, there was someone new, and I was just like, hey, man, I haven't seen you before. Are, are you new? And he's like, yeah, I decided to come here because I just got divorced, and he just puked on me, all right? He's going. And I don't know about you guys, but that's like, I don't want to talk about your divorce right now. Like, that's not something I want to lean into, but he's just puking all this on, and I'm just listening to him and saying, man, I'm sorry, that's hard. And I'm asking him his name and I'm getting to know him. And I'm just listening and engaging to what's on his heart. And here's the deal, guys. If you ask people what's important, what's important to them, they're going to get excited. They're going to talk about what is important to them. And our job is just to listen and to engage that. The third thing is eat. This is my favorite one by far. Is, is, is eat, is as we're listening and engaging with people in our workplaces and the places that we live, um, one of the kindest things I think we can do is offer food, right? Because if you offer food, it feels like, oh, you actually want to get to know me. You're actually invested in me. And so basically what, what we want to do is eat with people, and that's a big one because Jesus did that. Jesus ate with people, and that was an important way of caring for people, and so basically, as we're listening and engaging and, and we're praying for people, we just say, hey, would you like to eat some food? The second one is served or be served. Um, I think serving is so important to people. We want to look where people are hurting and try to serve them in any way we can. But being served is really important. Being vulnerable enough to let people serve you in the places you live, work, learn, and play, super important. Because that's how people learn to trust you. Because if you're the only one serving, then you're their project right? But if you allow people to serve you, you become vulnerable to people like Jesus was. And Jesus allowed people to wash his feet, allowed people to get him food. Jesus was served all the time. And the third, and then the fifth thing is share your story. Because as you're doing this, people are also getting to know you. And this isn't a way, now real quick, I want to say this isn't a way we manipulate people. This is just the way we love people. 
And so as we're eating, as we're listening, as we're engaging, as we're being served and serving people, people just get to know our story. They get to know the broken clay pot that Chad Stewart is and hear, oh, you're also a pastor? That's weird. I didn't know that. I have a story about that coming. But basically, we just share our story and not like we share this uh, promo for Jesus, accept him or deny him. We just talk about how Jesus has come into our lives and renewed our lives and the hope that he gives us. And so, guys, these are just some simple ways that we go into everyday, ordinary life with missional intention around here. And we see Jesus root the kingdom in the neighborhood, sharing a meal with people over a stage in a big organized missional event most of the time. And when we scatter as the church during the week, I consider that the most holy time of the week because it's filled with opportunity and risk and try. And what I'm used to, failure. And what I'm also used to, a lot of trying again. Um, It's where we choose to partner with Jesus or not. And so I have a few stories about this. Um, The first one is um, I just show up to the gym and I try to look for people who aren't being talked to or anything like that and just engaging with them. And then two weeks ago on on a Friday, it's my off day. I'm just chill. I'm coming in. I'm doing my workout. And I go over. I see a guy I normally don't see at that time. And he's just like, hey, man, what are you doing here early? I was like, well, I have free time in my day. I can kind of do whatever I I, want to do or come whenever I can. And um, I go, but you're not normally here at this time. Why are you here? He's like, oh, I have the day off. And he looks at me and he goes, well, you probably um, work at home, right? And I go, eh, kind of. And he's engaged with me for like six months. And like, um, he looks at me and goes, well, what do you do? And in that moment as a pastor, you think of anything else that you can say. <laughs> but I also don't want to lie. Because saying, oh, I'm a speaker. Well, what do you speak about? Well, Jesus, oh, so you're a pastor. Okay, so basically I'm just like, oh, I'm a pastor. And he goes, what? I'm like, well, yeah, man, I'm a pastor. And there's a group of people around listening to this. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I will watch my mouth from now on. I am so sorry. And I don't know why people, like, like, like people that find out you're a Christian or a pastor, it's the first thing, like, I got to watch my mouth. I look at him and say, well, I won't judge your cussing if you don't judge mine. <laughs> because it happens quite a lot in there. Um, I just look at a barbell and immediately cuss word. I'm like, oh, man. This body's made for running, guys, not heavy weights. Um, and, so, and so basically he, he laughs and he goes, I won't, I won't. And then there seems to be a cluster of people who now come around and they start telling their stories. And I've been praying for a year for breakthrough like that for a year going, and they just tell their stories. Some of them in the church, some of them not in the church, some of them raised in the church but no longer a part of the church. And luckily, I just got to be able to listen to their story. I didn't preach at them, tell them that they should go to church. I didn't do any of that. I just listened to their story, and I'd be like, oh, you got hurt too? Me too. I have the same hurt that you guys do. Let me tell you my hurt. Um, and I just got to be able to share my story and my life with people in that moment. And so that's one story. Another one, this happened a few years back. It's one of my favorite um, because Jesus is so um, kind in his mercy and inappropriate completely. Um, so um, I worked at a secular job here in Maryville before coming on here as a church. And there was this guy named Bubba. And me and him worked in the same department every single day. 
And he showed up one day, um, and, well, first, he didn't show up at the time he was supposed to. He, he, he was late, but we found out that he got in a wreck. He worked at a bar all night long, got home, would take his kids to school, and then come in and work this job. He worked two jobs trying to make ends meet, and he shows up, and he sits right behind me. He's in crutches. His leg is completely wrapped. It's placed, and he's coming in saying, well, I'm going to need surgery. I have this ACL tear. They're going to take more images tomorrow. And if you guys know me, you guys have been around me enough to know I like to pray for healing any chance I get. I'm a sucker for it. If I see it, I'm like, well, let's try. Um, But let me say, in this moment, I did not take that chance. I was too scared to turn around, and he sits right behind me. Like, our backs to one another. I just have to be like, hey, man, can I pray for you? Um, I didn't do that at all. I took the uh, uh, other route. Jesus, I don't want to embarrass myself. So, Jesus, would you please heal his leg? And I just prayed a little prayer at that time. I just want you to come and completely restore his leg. Um, And then the next day, we're at work, and I'm just working along. I'm new. I'm not trying to lose my job in this department, so I'm trying to work as hard as I can. And it doesn't even hit me. He just walks in and sets down as he's going about his day, and I don't even know this, I'm working, I forget I even prayed the day before, and he turns around, and he goes, Chad, and at that moment, I realized he didn't have any crutches, and he didn't have anything around his knee, and so I, and I just hang up my phone, I quit that call, I'm going to get in trouble for that. I don't care at this moment. And I turn, and I turn around. And this is a guy who I shared chicken. Uh, we, we made this day in which we went and bought chicken sandwiches, which is from Barley's every Tuesday. Um, it was a guy that I just loved, and we had a relationship, and we just got to know each other as friends. And, but he knew what I was. I wasn't a pastor at the time, but he knew I wanted to enter men, ministry and everything like that. And I turn around, and he goes, hey, did you pray for my leg? And I look down at his leg. I go, yes, I did. <laughs> How do you feel? He goes, man, I woke up and the swelling was gone. The pain was gone, everything. I'm able to walk as if it's normal. And I'm just like, amen. Turn around, start working again. Um, um, and I just saw God break through. God was just like, hey, even though you're a chicken and you won't do it, I'm going to do it for you anyways. I'm going to come in and intervene in hurting humanity right now just because you showed up, you were just aware of a need, and you just prayed. And so, guys, these are just ordinary stories. And I was, wasn't a pastor. I was just an ordinary dude working an ordinary job who just decided to pray. I saw an opportunity. And that's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be scattered servants who lead this service, show up in the workplaces where we live, work, learn, and play. We take risks and opportunities to pray for people. We love people throughout the week. And that's what we want to be about because that will change a city. That will change a neighborhood. And so um, the band can go ahead and come up. I'm sorry if I took a little bit too much time telling stories. It's my favorite thing. I wish my sermon could be all stories because I just love stories. But basically, I want you to ask these questions before, just before we leave here today. Um, And the first thing I want you to ask yourself is, um, in the places you live, work, learn, and play, who's three people that you can start praying for right now and who can be on your prayer list as you go into work or the gym or the places you live, work, learn, and 
pray. I'm just going to give you a moment with Jesus and just let you highlight three people and let him highlight three people. And so, whoever God highlighted to you, I just want to encourage you today. Keep them on your prayer list every single day as you go to your places. Pray for them because eventually you will see breakthrough. It may take a year, but eventually you will. Um, And then the second thing, I just feel the Lord wanting me to address this is that um, you may feel like your clay jar has too many cracks to do this. Um... You may feel as if you're too broken to enter everyday mission with Jesus. And I just want to remind you that Jesus sent people out to mission all the time who then came back and asked if they could bring the fire of Elijah down on a whole town. Like those guys wanted to kill a whole town at one point in the scripture. And Jesus had to be like, no, 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 don't do that. And then we see in the next chapter, Jesus sends them back out again. Um, People resonate with you more through your brokenness than your perfection. They resonate with you more through your brokenness than your excellence. Now, what the world needs to see is all vulnerability in that. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Jesus wants to use you just as you are.